Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey, hey, I'm Noah Michelson, the head of HuffPost Personal. And hi, I'm Raj Punjabi, the head of identity content at HuffPost. Welcome to Am I Doing It Wrong? The show that explores the all too human anxieties we have about trying to get our lives right. So Raj, I have this friend and I'm not going to name her because I don't want to put her on blast in front of the entire country. Our wide audience. (laughs) But she told me that she went on vacation and she was shocked when she learned that she was supposed to be tipping the housekeeping staff at our hotel and I couldn't believe that she didn't know that. Oh yeah, I've definitely had moments like that. But now you have me thinking about all the questions I have about tipping. When are we supposed to do it? How do we do it? How much we're supposed to leave? And why are we even tipping to begin with? Those are excellent questions. I think most people are grappling with the same thing. But fear not, because this week's episode is Am I Doing It Wrong? Tipping. Luckily, we have HuffPost senior reporter Monica Torres here. She's an expert on tipping, and she's going to help us figure out what's what. Hi, Monica. Thanks for being here. Hey. So just to start, why the hell are we tipping in the first place? Shouldn't people just be getting paid a living wage? Preach. Yeah, you would think. Unfortunately, uh, tipping has always been a polarizing topic here in America, and it, like, predates back to the Civil War era. It originated with European aristocrats uh, who were tipping servants and Americans who wanted to flaunt their European sophistication (laughs) brought that practice back home after the Civil War. And this is where it gets like really twisted is that restaurants and rail operators like Pullman Company embraced tipping as a way to keep wages low by hiring formerly enslaved people to work for tips. Mm. And then the practice spread from there because Pullman cars were traveling across the country. Ironically for us now, tipping was not initially popular in the US. There were like whole anti-tipping movements in the 1900s. Um, It was seen as exploitative, undemocratic. People were writing books against tipping. Some states banned tipping. Mm -hmm. And then ultimately in Europe, research has found that tipping became 
less popular there because of our movements here in the 1900s. Whereas here for us, tipping became ingrained and it's been here ever since. Yeah, we were talking earlier, like you can't leave your house literally and not encounter tipping in some way during the day. You're going to you're going to have to tip at some point. The the ritual or tradition has kind of turned into a monster. I mean, it's rooted in very exploitative, Mm anti-black, you know, um, sentiments as it is. But it's it's kind of become this whole other thing that's uh, has that very same values, just kind of a monster. Yeah. Like anytime you leave your house, just count how many times you encountered like a tipping notification or like if you went got your coffee you went out for lunch you uh paid for something uh there it will you will counter tipping every day you leave the house here and so for a lot of people too this has to do with what's called a tip credit system right mm-hmm. so an employer can actually pay someone much less than a living wage or minimum wage even because it's they're factoring in the fact that they they're going to get tipped Right. Like in 43 states, you can pay as little as $2.13. This is so trifling. (laughs) It's so trifling. Right. Because the expectation is that like, okay, the employer is expecting that the person working will be able to make it up for it to at least minimum wage. But in in practice, that's not the case. Like food service industry is really notorious for being like for wage theft, for people not getting what they deserve to be paid. I don't think the average person knows any of this. I didn't know a lot of this. I knew a little bit, but I fell down a really dark hole when I started looking all of this <laughs> stuff up. Because tipping, essentially, when we go out there and do it, we've we've all probably worked in service. I have. Mm-hmm. You know what it is. Like, you're taking care of each other, and it feels really good, you know, when you get good service to, to give a good tip or to get a good tip. But it's rooted in, you know, keeping people down, which is, I mean, there's it's a lot to unpack here. Yeah. I think before we even start talking about how to tip better, I wanted to talk a little bit about why do we tip? Why do we personally tip? And I think mm. it's either because we feel grateful, like you were just saying, Raj, like we want to take care of each other. We want to take care of the people who are helping yeah. us. Or we just feel guilty. Like we feel like we have to tip because if we don't, we're a bad person. For, so yeah. what is it for you all? I feel like for me, it's like it's not fair. Employers should be paying the full tip in my personal belief that yeah. like we, it should not be offloaded onto the customer to pay what employers should be doing. But until that's the case, if you're going out, I feel like I must to be like a good person to like, if I want to go out, I have to tip. Guilt plays a part for me as well as public perception. Mm. There's definitely some complicated stuff I want to air out today. Mm -hmm. Um, And before I do that personal stuff, I want to say that how we tip is very much shaped by our upbringing. Mm. For some people, tipping wasn't a part of life for cultural or socioeconomic reasons. Um, until very recently. So there's a different kind of entry point into tipping etiquette, tipping culture. Um, Hari Ziad, this writer that I love, wrote this great piece uh, for BuzzFeed, actually, about tipping while black. In it, he says, many of us grew up in families that did not have enough money to dine out and did not learn tipping etiquette until much later in life, if ever. I personally can relate. My parents are from India, um, where when they lived there, tipping wasn't really a thing. Mm. And even now, it's still, it's being introduced. It's like 7 to 10%. So I did not grow up knowing the rules. And now I overcompensate because mm. I'm very self-conscious about, you know, how I have under before or wasn't aware um, until adulthood of this culture. So there's a lot of like fraught stuff happening for me in tipping. I think that's a great point. Not, not everyone is coming to this conversation from the same place and your upbringing your background, the color of your skin, Mm -hmm. your gender, all of that can really have a huge part in how you think about tipping, how you tip, why maybe you don't. And we just need to 
acknowledge that before we move forward. Totally. But we are going to move forward because we also, if we, we have to tip. It's part of our we lives. Do. We do. And I, you know, I want to kind of, when I tip, think about all of these factors. Yep. But also, you know, we're, we're all here to support each other, you know, and, and I want to be able to do it in the best way possible. So let's talk about tipping, how we can do it better, mm-hmm. how we're doing it wrong. I think the number one place we should start with is the restaurant. That's where most of us encounter tipping, or especially maybe some of the things that are the most fraught about tipping, or there are so many things you have to think about when, when you talk about tipping in a restaurant. So tipping in a restaurant, for me, is especially complicated because of the first thing we talked about. The mm-hmm. system is broken. Why aren't these restaurants paying fair wages? And then B, it kind of is a power play sometimes. It depends on who you're eating with. But if you're in a social setting, it can be like who's tipping the most, who's tipping the least. Like, mm-hmm. are people looking at each other? Mm-hmm. What should you be tipping? There's there's a weird social thing that's happening there. Where are we at now, Monica, just in terms of like baseline? What are people generally tipping? For so long, it was 15%. Then it was yeah. 18 Are we at officially at 20%? For good service. Yes. I think like 20% is the average of what you should tip at like restaurants. That's (laughs) one fifth. Yeah. And I eat a lot. So like maybe we should talk about how like it shouldn't depend on your service to like get like a living wage. But I also feel like the power dynamic I think really comes into play. It's like if we're skipping ahead to especially delivery workers, like if you are asking someone to deliver in a, like extreme weather yeah like a wildfire or bad storm i really think you should pay like a hundred percent tip like yeah. you should double it like at that point mm-hmm. that's definitely not the norm like you hear all these stories of so many like delivery workers saying like i didn't get a single tip like i carried two things like liters of spring bottle bottled water and i didn't get like a single tip and i think that's where i'm like okay now you're a bad person like (laughs) the judgment comes in there yeah yeah (laughs) i I think it's interesting to think about why we're tipping so if we're in the restaurant and we're going to give 20 percent, is that for the service and if it's not i mean i also think about there are so many things that can go wrong when you're in a restaurant right yeah like the food can be bad Mm -hmm. maybe the food's bad maybe they forgot part of your order who is to say who's at fault for that? I know. Maybe it's not the server. So if you aren't paying the 20% because you feel like the service was bad, yeah. maybe it's not even their fault. Right. And oftentimes it's not. And the other part of it, too, is that this is something I didn't think about before, but a lot of places now pool tips, right? So mm-hmm. your tip is not just going to your server. Yeah. It's going to a pool. Then the servers are going to Including share people that. in the back, busboys, all of that stuff. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So your tip actually has a much bigger life than you might think it does. Basically... service doesn't matter as much to me I hate to say this but unless my server like gives me the middle finger and calls me a bitch I'm going to put 20% down if it's great service I'll put a little bit more but I am very conscious of that system from working in a restaurant so Mm -hmm. to me it's it's just like put I don't care what's happening as long as my food came and everyone's nice I think that's like the system that we have right now like unless you're like truly awful and even then I would be like okay but it's it's a whole system. It's like not just this one bad yeah. server experience. And maybe it's the like- person hasn't had sex in a really long time or is like <laughs> upset about something. I feel like there's a lot. I, I We look at, you know, humans as humans and I would love to be seen as a human as well. Yeah. But again, it just it's boils my blood because why aren't they getting paid by the restaurant? So it's interesting. I was doing a little research for this mm-hmm. and there are restaurants that have tried to do what they call inclusive tipping, right? So where the, actually the restaurant you just pay for your meal and they tip based on that. 
there are places like Danny Meyer who owns, you know, Shake Shack and Blue Smoke. He tried to do inclusive tipping where you no longer tipped. You just got a flat rate. He went back to tipping because there are all these other factors at play. I know. Like mm-hmm. I, I thought that was wonderful and really sad that it went backwards because I thought we would be moving forward. There's a, a couple of studies out there that say that tipping actually encourages racial profiling and yeah. things of that nature. Um, there are biases that people have and it affects the way they tip people by race and gender and, and you know, j- all of that stuff. So that could have been a way to avoid all of that, but it's, again... It's interesting. I dated a guy and he was a waiter and he worked in a very gay restaurant. Mm -hmm. And he would say to me, like, I hate to have to do this, but I'm going to have to flirt with all of my tables to get a better tip. And I remember going in one time when he was getting off of work and I was sitting at the bar waiting for him to finish. And I would watch him flirting with tables and it killed me. And I was like, you shouldn't have to do this in order to get you know, the money that you deserve. Flirting can be a lot of emotional labor. You shouldn't yeah. have to. Completely. Yeah. And, and women being sexually harassed, you know, by tables in order to, you know, getting touched, getting groped and totally. having to just smile and put up with it because they don't want to lose their tip. Yeah. Right. Like once the customer, like we've made it so the customer's always right in this way that like we are kind of like in the power dynamic. We have the upper hand in a lot of ways. And so that's what's really sucks. The reason that inclusive tipping hasn't worked a lot of times is because, number one, a lot of customers don't want to do it. Mm. They think that the prices are now being raised and they don't have any say in it. And Mm. so they stop going to restaurants sometimes when they think that they're charging too much for items. Um, And also a lot of wait staff don't want it Mm -hmm. because, yes, their their wages are going to increase their hourly wages. But actually, at the end of the day, they're making less money because they're not making as much as they could if people were tipping them and they got some great tips that night. Yeah, that's true. Because for every shitty tipper, there is like a zaddy or a zombie that walks in there (laughs) that just puts down 100 or whatever. And I I get that. Right. So because the system is so broke, Mm -hmm. even if you try to fix it, it's so broke that restaurant owners don't want to do it. And even wait staff is like, we'd rather just take our chances because we'll probably make more. Yeah. I feel like... I'm more aligned in the thinking of following what One Fair Wage, this like anti-tipping, like national organization that has been working to like end the tipping movement. What they suggest, and now I like I'm aligned with that, is that to follow the lead of states like California, where tipping is meant to be a tip, and so uh, restaurant workers are paid uh, not at a sub-minimum wage, not two dollars and thirteen cents. They're paid at an actual at the federal minimum wage. And on top of that, like they're tipped. Right. So yeah, tipping is be. not like ended. It's just treated as it should be, like gratuity and not your living wage. Right. Yeah. It's literally a tip. Mm-hmm. It's literally yeah, on top what of <laughs> what you should be making just so that you can survive. Yeah. I think once it's meant on your survival, you'll do a lot. Like yeah. you'll flirt. Like you'll <laughs> change your hairstyle, put on <sighs> makeup. Like once it's meant for your survival, like tipping the dynamic gets really twisted in a bad way. Okay, so Monica, we know there's a lot that goes on behind the scenes um, related to tipping that consumers might not even know about. Can you tell us any stories that stand out to you? Yes. One of my most popular stories to date is around the question like, should I sign the merchant copy or the restaurant copy of a receipt? Yeah. (laughs) And I think what you like, the big question is, no, it doesn't matter. But the larger question that a lot of restaurant servers and hosts are telling me, like the bigger problem 
is if you don't, like whatever copy you leave behind, it does not matter. But <laughs> you must leave a tip on the copy you leave behind. Right. Because it's not a guarantee uh, if you accidentally take home the customer copy where you wrote like your tip and you take or you take home both copies, then uh, you're basically asked out. Yeah, yeah. Like servers can be totally like they may not get a whole tip. Like it, it totally is like restaurant dependent. Like I have I really remember talking to this one server who told me uh, at his restaurant in Miami, if it wasn't on the actual receipt, like he wasn't getting a tip. And so he like chased down this like group on South Beach to get his tip. Right. Yeah. And in some cases, it's like uh, if the indentation is on the receipt, you might uh, they'll like work off that to get the tip. But I think it shows that like the workers in the restaurant industry do not care about which copy, merchant copy or customer copy you leave behind. What they do care is if you leave a tip behind. Yeah. And the running behind someone in Miami is essentially showing us that this is about living wages. It's not like something extra that the person, you know, didn't expect. They need that tip. Yeah. Yeah. It was interesting. I saw some the study about things that are more likely to get people to tip more. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering if either of you agree with this. So one thing that would get people to increase their tip was um, if the server touches them. So mm. they're taking the order and they just put their hand on their shoulder. That raised tips from 12% to 15%. If, that is surprising. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I'm very touchy. I like. I would like that. Right. So I'm wondering, wow. I think a, it just I makes you feel... I feel like I would feel, get the ick, though. <laughs> that's the thing. It could go either way, right? Yeah. One, yeah. you could feel more connected, or one, you could be like, why are you touching me? Yeah. The other thing, and I see this a lot, is the squat. So mm. if a server comes and takes your order, and they squat down next to you, and they're on your eye level, mm. that apparently increases can increase... Um, a tip by like 17%. Yeah, that's like human connection. I have never thought about that, but I definitely feel connected with someone that gets on my eye level. And the last one was that um, tips increased about 2% if the server offered uh, candy to people. So you get the bill and it comes with candy and then they say oh here's some extra candy for you i mean unless it's a weed edible i'm not i don't want grandma's candy i'm good i'm gonna tip you well (laughs) i can see that though like i do feel i think it's anything that makes you feel more special okay yeah you know and it's like oh they they decided to treat me especially well a couple weeks ago i was at a restaurant and the waitress came by and she had two extra martinis and she was like the bar made a mistake do you guys want these? We were like, yes, oh, we done. want these. You're getting my 401k signed <laughs> over to you. <laughs> exactly. At the end of the night, we were like, that was so sweet of her. She didn't have to do that. Huge tip. Yeah. So I think there are things that can like bump it up. I think oh. if my server remembers my name in any way, I'd be like, oh my goodness. Oh, that's such like, a there's big like one. There's like a big connection. Or yeah. like when I go, I'm a regular at my coffee shop. Shout out to Yaffa Cafe in Sunset Park. Mm. Um, but when I get a small, like sometimes I'll get a large, like those are like the like the human connection where you're reminded like, oh, like I see you every day. Like this is a transaction, but it's also like a connection. Yes. Here's a free croissant maybe mm-hmm. or something like that. Yeah. I think that that goes a long way. It really does. I remember getting like extra tips around the holidays and stuff. And it, it creates such a connection because you want to take care of each other. It's not mm-hmm. a transaction. You want to feel loved and taken care of at yep. the end of the day. Yeah. Right. I mean, like sometimes like my bar- like barista or whatever, you, if you're a regular at a restaurant, like they can be like one of your main interactions of the day, especially if you like you work from home or you live at home. Like in that way, it is like connection, but it's also transaction. It's in that murky yeah. 
area of you know what's so funny i just thought of i have a taco spot in my neighborhood that i love shout Mm -hmm. out to street taco um (laughs) i get takeout from them sometimes and i i will you know leave a tip that i feel is appropriate but sometimes in the special instructions i write love you and someone (laughs) said one time on the one of the takeout boxes it said love you too and i was like this is it like i this is my only taco place yeah Well, we're so hungry for those kind of interactions, especially post post pandemic. Like Mm -hmm. you said, people working from home, your coffee stop might be the only time you actually talk to another human being in person that day. Yeah, this is dark, but it's real. Why don't we go through a couple of other besides restaurants, places where we tip and like what you all think about how much we should be tipping or what you tip. Let's start with delivery. That's a fraught one. Monica, talk to me. (laughs) I think it depends on distance like what you're carrying and everything but my thoughts are if you are delivering in any sort of storm and any sort of extreme weather if you get to have like sit in the comfort of your pajamas at home (laughs) like you need to be pay up (laughs) yeah my my perception of this has changed a lot over the years i don't think i realized that younger in my younger years Mm -hmm. and i didn't consider it as much work as if some if you go to a restaurant and someone's you know consistently bringing you out food it is so much work, for sure. And also, I always try to tip cash for deliveries because I've heard mm. all kinds of fuck shit as far as um, how tips are kind of um, split up and given mostly to the employer, to the restaurant. And and if you enter them electronically through um, any of the delivery systems, that they could potentially not go to your uh, the person that's delivering, mm. who is often an immigrant. Like, we look at studies mm-hmm. about this. Um, I think cash is really the best way to go, whatever you're leaving. Let's take a quick break and we'll be right back with more Am I Doing It Wrong? I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Yahoo Finance. Raj, I've got a question that I've been asking myself a lot recently. Tell me. Am I investing wrong? Ooh, I see what you did there. But I'm sincerely asking because look, I have investments. I have an account here, a 401k there, and I'm really lucky I don't have any crushing debt. But until recently, I haven't had the confidence that I've been doing it right. I know what you mean. We all want to make sure we're making good financial decisions, not just doing whatever Susie Orman told us to do 10 years ago. (laughs) Exactly. But that's why I've been using Yahoo Finance. Tell me more about it. Well, with Yahoo Finance, I've been able to consolidate all of my accounts into one place. And I got to tell you something. It's been so much easier. Okay, Yahoo Finance. It's giving nostalgia. Absolutely. You know, I found Yahoo Finance to be incredibly helpful for tracking everything I need with all of my money. And as you probably know at this point, I'm quite wealthy. I know, spiritually and literally. I am not a wealthy one percenter yet, So would the service be good for me still? Oh, 100%. Yahoo Finance is good for everyone, from the very seasoned investor or just a normie like you who's looking for a little extra guidance. It gives you all the tools and info you need. 
So if I'm hearing you right, it sounds like Yahoo Finance will give me a holistic look at the financial news cycle, original editorial perspectives, and so much more. That's exactly right. And let's just say Yahoo Finance is going to be the perfect place to link all your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth including your 401k and other investments. Hell yeah. I cannot wait to make it rain with the help of Yahoo Finance. (laughs) So for comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor, yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination. Yahoofinance.com. Once again, that's yahoofinance.com. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. So Raj, tell me, how is your social battery right now? You know, today it's pretty high and vibrant, but it varies day to day. That makes total sense because it's super easy to ignore our social battery and spread ourselves too thin, especially with social gatherings picking up after the winter. Truly. Therapy can give you the self-awareness to build a social life that doesn't drain your battery. For me, therapy has been illuminating. Just to be able to process day-to-day anxieties has helped me so much. I kind of wish that for everyone. Well, if you're thinking of starting therapy... Give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, and it's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Find your social sweet spot with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash doing it wrong today and get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash doing it wrong. Welcome back to Am I Doing It Wrong? What about, okay, this one is controversial, takeout. So you're actually going in, you're picking up your order, you're literally just getting it handed to you by someone behind a counter. Do you Mm. tip for that? This is divisive. It, it is, is divisive. I, but I also feel like if they're giving you extra utensils, mm-hmm. they're remembering your name, you're a regular there. These are all factors that go into, um, or if they like hand deliver it to your car, like I think those are uh, factors for a tip. But I understand it's divisive. There's like a little less labor that we see going on, but maybe it's happening behind closed doors that we don't see. I've gotten to a point where I just, I tip everybody. Yeah. I tip everybody always. <laughs> like, I know people say too, like at a coffee shop, like if you're just literally pouring coffee into a cup and handing it to me, you didn't really do anything. <gasps> I don't care. Your yeah. job is hard. You're dealing with assholes all day, probably. Yeah. Like, I'm at a place in my life where I'm grateful that I have the money to be able to, to pay for services. I'm just going to do it. Uh, I tip a little less for takeout. Mm -hmm. I don't do a full 18 or 20%. But I'm the same way. I've come to a place where I just tip everyone for everything. I've tipped um, when I've like driven through Popeye's, like tipped the (laughs) drive through person. We'll get to like what's appropriate and what's not. Um, Because I, I, and it's also because I love people, but also I have this, W.E.B. Du Bois has this theory called double consciousness Mm -hmm. and it's race related. But I'm always thinking in this double lens kind of thing. Like I see my self as myself, but also through the eyes of the other. And as a brown person, I never want to be seen as cheap. Like this is a stereotype that that happens sometimes. So I think there's like a darker and a sunnier part of me tipping always. And a part of it is I don't want to be seen as like a cheap brown person. And just mm-hmm. to be candid with you guys, like this is a thing. My skin color is often associated with poverty. So there's 
there's two parts to it for me. Yeah, no, mm-hmm. that 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 is very real. I I think too, like when you're being confronted by it, like there is the tip jar, yes, or there is the the screen, and yeah. there and the the person who's working is literally watching how much you're gonna tip. Like, They're standing over you. Yeah, that I think that plays a lot into what we end up doing. Also, sometimes the the screens have like 18, 20, and twenty five percent now, and I'm like, this is slightly aggressive, and yep. it's not the server's fault. Yeah. Someone, buttons are there. Before we started recording, someone told me, too, that sometimes now the percentage is switched from where it was before. Oh, my God, yes. So the lowest amount you can choose on a screen is no longer on the left side of the screen. It's on the right side because your muscle memory is that you're just going to hit the lowest side and yeah. you end up hitting the highest. So there's all yeah. these, like, hijinks that are happening <laughs> now in terms of tipping. And you have to, like, go into it with your eyes wide open. Damn. And Lord knows that's not the servers creating those systems. No. Uh, Let's talk about car sharing, like Ubers (laughs) or Lyfts. What are we supposed to tip? Because I think this is another one where everyone does it a little bit differently. I think the standard there is also like 20%. That feels right to me. Do you guys ever tip cash for that? Or is it just on the app? I never have. Have you? I have. And I'm starting to go in that direction a little more. And I think just it feels safer. It feels like it's going straight to them. Also, you know, it's... I'm not going to name names, but there are <laughs> rideshare companies who I've heard like skim, you know, mm. um, so I, I just worry about that. I love this image of you just walking around now with like a huge envelope full of cash. I know. I feel like <laughs> I, I wish I had more cash on me to have these kind of interactions. I feel like more. this is my transition into like r- real adulthood, like yeah. carrying cash. Like I've never done it in my life. But the only reason I do it now is, you know, to tip. It's important to me. I, I look a little that, bit like a stripper, but I mean, who doesn't want to look like a stripper? Yeah. No, I think that's smart. I've started carrying cash too. And um, I just never know when I might need it. Mm-hmm. And I feel better for it. I was Let's at, just like, start tipping people in the office. I, I will take your tips. You can tip me <laughs> for sure. Um, I had a couple weeks ago coming back from the airport. It, there was crazy traffic on the BQE. My Uber driver... He probably, this is obviously illegal, but he, we were going to be in traffic at like the Google map said for an hour just to get back. It usually takes 10 minutes to get home. And so what he did is he turned around and went down an on-ramp and because he saw he could go a different way. Mm-hmm. Totally crazy rogue behavior that he shouldn't have <laughs> yeah. done, but he got me home in 10 minutes instead of an hour. I tipped him 50%. Yeah. Again, I was like... That could have gone either way. It definitely yeah. could have been bad, but because it wasn't, I was like, because of your your service, your duty to me, I'm going to tip you more. That was one of those ones where it was like, it wasn't about guilt. It was definitely gratitude. Yeah. I have one memory of like one Uber driver when I was like one late night home. He like waited till I was like ho- like at the door. like, And I could that see him so like sweet. waiting. He was like, oh, I always wait when I'm like dropping off ladies. Like I want to make sure you get to the door. I was like, 100% tip. Like, I love that. I've never yeah, seen beautiful. that happen again. But it was like, that was a moment of like pure gratitude. No, like, some, thank you for seeing me home. Drivers have dad energy and yeah. they really deserve a lot of a giant tip. Yeah. Or yeah. grandma energy. Yeah, or whatever kind of, you know. Caretaker energy. Caretaker yeah. energy. Raj and I were talking earlier in the intro about hotels. And I was telling her that I have a friend who said she didn't even know that you were supposed to tip in your hotel room. Talk to us. What have you found? I know that you've talked to hotel workers. What Mm -hmm. have they told you about tipping? What they've told me is that five to $10 is the norm every night because like they may not be working like every single night. So if you want it, do it right. Like you want to do it for like $5 to $10. And like direct quote, 
from what a hotel house cleaner has told me, like when she goes to hotels, what she does every night, working in hospitality has personally taught me to never not leave a tip of at least $10, no matter where I go. Yeah. Like, and she's the source. Like right. she, that's what she does when she goes to hotels. And so I'm like, okay. I'll do $10. <laughs> I think that's a great point, too, is that once you've worked in service, yeah. and most people have, but once you've done it, it changes the way you see everything. Totally. And yeah. so the way that you're going to engage with people who are in that same industry is going to be a lot different, I and think. And it's not just tipping, it's the respect you show. I feel like there should be one day a year where everyone just has to do it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like you suddenly get assigned a restaurant and you have one shift at the restaurant and you would learn so much. I think from that one shift, people would change. Yeah. yeah. It would be like the service purge. Yes, the service <laughs> purge. I would watch that reality TV show. I really would. Let's get that made. I would participate. All right, Monica, let's talk a little bit about beautifying ourselves. Let's talk about massages, tattoos, getting your hair done and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. What is the standard for that? Because um, I think those some of those services can be pretty pricey. I feel like I'm going to keep saying this. I'm like a broken record. I'm like 20%. <laughs> no, we need to hear it. We but hear like it. Uh, for my own hairstylist, I'm like thinking of her right now. Yasuko. <laughs> like she <laughs> does it. Uh, like she'll like stay later for me. Yeah. Like, and I can tell like I trust her with my hair. Like that I go out in the world every day. Like. For her, I do like 25%. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm just also thinking about tattoos. Noah is heavily tattooed. Mm -hmm. I'm slightly tattooed. That's a very intimate process. I mm -hmm. always tip based on like spiritual connection because I go to yep. different tattoo artists. No, I totally agree. I mean, we can also talk about too. I think some people will say, I mean, I always tip at least 30% for my tattoos and they're expensive. That's tacking yeah. on another couple hundred dollars. Yeah. And I thought, some people might say, like, I can't afford to do this. Mm -hmm. I can't afford to get tattooed if I have to add another 200 on every time or another 100 yeah. or another 50 on. Um, but I would say maybe you don't get tattooed as much. hundred percent. You know, maybe you don't get your massages as much. If you can't give them 20%, that might be shitty, but it's just the way it is. No, say it again for the cheap seats in the back, Noah. I, I truly, <laughs> like... I think sometimes I can sound a little elitist when I'm like, must tip this, I tip this or whatever. But real talk, I do not get things done or go out to eat if I can't afford to leave a, a generous or substantial tip. I just, I do it less. I am currently balling on a budget. I do yeah. not spend a lot of money right now. I'm trying to save for a house. So I try and go do things where I factor the tip in. If you can't, don't do it. Yeah. I feel really strongly about that. It's a hard pill to swallow, but I just think it's the way we have to live our lives. Yeah. Again, we're taking care of other people. Mm -hmm. These people are in our community. These people are working really hard um, and we should appreciate them. And, and just not leaving a tip or leaving them a shitty tip is just feels wrong in my soul. Yeah. Right. And like in return, you're getting like a beautiful lifelong piece of art yeah. on your body. Yeah. Yeah. Tattoo especially. I mean, tip your tattoo artist. That's, that's real. One question I had is there are definitely people that I sometimes want to tip and I'm not sure if it's appropriate. Mm. Like <laughs> flight attendants. Yeah. Do you tip a flight attendant? Um, I don't know. Should I tip my plumber? I don't know. Are there people that actually we should not be tipping, Monica? Yes. And one that immediately comes to mind is uh, male workers. That could get them in actual trouble. Oh. Like it would be seen as perceived bribery. Like USPS or UPS. Like Occasionally, nominal gifts under $20 are okay. Like, of course, like there's other ways to show appreciation, like cold glass of water when it's like really hot out. 
giving him a cup of cocoa in the winter. <laughs> like, there are ways to trade appreciation, but like, cash is very tricky, especially if you're a government worker. What if it's like a Dunkin' Donuts gift card? Because I, I have definitely, I don't tip everyone, but I have tipped, you know, delivery you know, if it's a regular person that comes through at like Christmas time or something. Right. Okay. The USPS rule, I'm pulling it up. Carriers are permitted to accept a gift worth $20 or less from a customer per occasion, such as Christmas. Okay. Okay. However, (laughs) however, (laughs) (laughs) cash and cash equivalents, such as checks or gift cards that can be exchanged for cash must never be accepted in any amount. Damn. I love this idea that I might bribe my mailman. I can't imagine <laughs> any situation what? where I needed to bribe my mail person. But this is good to know. Now yeah, we're not going to get in trouble. Yeah, with the I'm not government. trying to get anyone in trouble. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if you could ever tip your garbage collector, but anyone who's like working in municipality or right. city, like that could actually get them in hot water. Um, I once had a minor surgery and I had a nurse at the hospital that really took good care of me and mm. I wanted to get her a gift. And my little brother who works at that hospital told me that that's frowned upon, that you have to get like a basket of something for the whole floor because um, it's you're singling out one nurse when actually it was a team effort. Um, so mm. the, I, I did that, but I was like kind of, I felt kind of bad because this one nurse in particular took really good care of me and I didn't right. get to like give her a gift. I think something else you could probably do in a situation like that or any situation if you don't know is literally just say to the person, hey, I've really appreciated the way you've taken care of me. Are you allowed to accept tips? Yeah. And then they can let you know. You know, yeah. you can go from there. And, and that's probably like the best way to handle it at any point. Yeah. I think asking is just the answer to every... So much. Yeah. Just yeah. Ask. Asking and not assuming. All right, y'all. Is there ever a time where you feel like it's appropriate to not tip at all? I'm actually glad you asked that because there was one time that I can remember that I didn't tip my waiter Mm. and I felt guilty about it, but I also was really angry. So I would love for us to sort of workshop how I could have handled this better because I don't think not tipping was the answer actually. Okay. Mm. So I went out to dinner um, for a friend's birthday and I brought cupcakes for dessert for their birthday. And I didn't know this, but the restaurant had a cake cutting fee. Of course. So if mm. you bring a cake, it's $25 to eat the cake at New the York restaurant. City is the devil. Yeah. I, <laughs> I had no idea, right? So we finished dinner and um, I put the cupcakes on the table and I noticed the waiter noticed me put the cupcakes on the table, right? He definitely saw me do it. We eat the cupcakes and he comes over at the end with the bill and he says, I'm really sorry about this but you had cupcakes and I didn't know, but another waiter told me, and now I'm being forced to put this on, on your, on your bill. Oh, It wasn't my idea. And I was like, buddy, I looked you in the eyes. We saw each other. You saw these cupcakes before we, we ate yeah. them. You could have just come over and said, Hey, psst, like, just wait till you're done, eat those on the sidewalk. And we would have done that. And then I would have given him a huge tip on top of that because he had like clued me in. But because he didn't, I didn't leave him a tip. The thing I wasn't thinking about then again is that maybe his tip was going to everybody in the restaurant. Maybe I just screwed everyone out of that tip. And so I'm wondering, was there a way I could have handled that better and still tipped, but still felt like, I had gotten some kind of closure that felt satisfying. Oh my God, that's a hard one. Right? Yeah. 
I mean, Monica, you're going to have to take this. <laughs> doctor <laughs> Doctor Paging Dr. Tips. Dr. Tips is in. <laughs> in the house. Um, this is so hard. I mean, like, I find, like, there is an injustice to these, like, cake-cutting fees. I do wonder, like, their situation of, like, maybe they were worried, like, that you weren't Noah, who you are, and you would have, like, maybe blown up at him if you'd actually, like, shared um, the, the, cus- the cupcake fee. <laughs> right. Um, it's almost in some ways where that's, like, the one time where you want to be like, okay, I want to speak to a manager here. Like, that's the time to, like, kind Permission of- to Karen. <laughs> per- <laughs> permission to Karen. Or not just, like, permission to no, kind no, of, no. like, let them be, like, kind of... Absor- it's clear, like, they want to be like, I'm not... I just want to let you know that... I'm sorry, this is happening. In an ideal world, I think he should have done that, like of letting you know, uh, yeah. hey, sorry, there's going to be a cupcake fee in addition if you like, if, as soon as these cupcakes touch your mouth at this restaurant. <laughs> but that didn't happen. And instead, maybe it could have been like the manager uh, being like, I mean, that's the thing. We just don't know their working conditions of like, maybe they were like, uh, not allowed to speak to like yeah. customers okay. or clients. I think I think after all this, I think I know what I've done. <laughs> Left a smaller tip and an and a agitated note or a note of explanation. Um, I think that's my go-to. I've done that before. Mm. A smaller tip when I've felt disrespected for any reason, and it really has to be something. But um, a smaller tip and a note. I think maybe now I would land somewhere in between that. I think maybe mm. now in retrospect, like. Maybe it wouldn't have been a bad idea to talk to the manager and say, hey, yeah. hey, you know what? We did do this, but we didn't. We honestly didn't know. And um, we would never do it in the future. Could you take this charge off? Yeah. You know, and then I actually didn't even have to get the waiter involved. Yeah, that's true. Because like so many things, it probably wasn't that person's fault. Yeah. Totally. Have you all ever been in a situation where you felt like justified in not tipping? Oh my god, definitely. I need to think about this, but like definitely yes. I've been in a restaurant with my partner fairly recently where the server seemed to be purposely prioritizing others over us. Um, I can make assumptions about what, what that was about, but we were both really upset and we both noticed it. And again, you don't know what's going on behind the scenes, right. but I, I was researching enough because I am a nosy journalist as to like what the dynamic of the restaurant was. And I, I from what I could ascertain, the person was being rude for whatever reason that happens just like in life like sometimes people are rude to you or for some reason it's a very rare thing but that has happened to me and i feel like when it's intentional that's the only reason to shrink a tip yeah and i mean like studies back up that like racial profiling happens among servers of like there's assumptions and biases happening every time of who they pick to like prioritize in tables, which is bad. I just actually read about that it happens the other way too. And there's a chart that shows like mm-hmm. servers by race and what they generally get tipped. And it's really what you think it would be. It's crazy. And that's why I think about the roots of tipping as being racist to begin with. And it's there's still so much residue of that. So white servers make better tips yeah. Than, yeah. than people of color. That that makes that does not shock me. It it saddens me, but it doesn't shock me. Yeah. Shout out to Eater. They did that great analysis of like using Bureau of Labor Statistics data. Yeah, it's the case against tipping in America. This Eater article everyone should read. It's really good. Um yes, and there's a chart that says tipping reflects and amplifies racial inequality and it's uh white servers get tipped the most, then Latine and then black and then Asian. I'm like, this is very interesting. I it's troubling and interesting in so many ways. And very real. 
and, and, and really demonstrative of what's happening in the country in general, I think. It's like yeah. a microcosm for race relations in the country. Yeah. And that just, this, like we said, the system is still happening. It's not fading away anytime soon. So we have to figure out how to be a little bit better as a people about this. Right. And I feel like it speaks to like the larger point of like, tipping is like not a neutral act. It's something that has like social, political, racial, like gender dynamics in every interaction. And yet, I think a lot of us are really careless and thoughtless about it. And just like, we forget to tip, or we don't tip enough. Yeah. And that yet we don't see the consequences as the customer of what happens by the like not tipping as much. Yeah. And that's like the real tragedy of tipping. And like what gets me like, worked up still about thinking about it. Yeah, I think the fact that most of us don't think about it. Yeah, at least not in in the ways that we've been talking about today is is just how complicated it is. And how problematic it is and, and why you need to do it and why you need to do it better. Right. So it's like, am I doing it wrong? I feel like I think the biggest wrong or mistake is that we just don't think about it. And if that, if anything, one takeaway from this conversation could be is around just like thinking about it more. Noticing, I mean, I notice it now more, just talking to more like restaurant servers and hotel workers of yeah. how I should be interacting. Once your eyes are open, you can't close them. <laughs> That's right. Totally. Yeah. I mean, we spent this whole time talking about how to be more thoughtful tippers, but I firmly believe we shouldn't have to. I think that this is an institutional catastrophe that was established a long time ago. And again, it perpetuates uh, inequality in every single way. So just for the record, I don't think it should be like this. But, you know, we're going to work within the confines of where we're at, right? I feel like it's kind of like a yes and situation of, yes, it's like a structural failure. I'm against tipping the more, the more stats you read about it, the more you like come to the main conclusion that it just perpetuates inequities like between servers between like working in the food service industry between making it a livable job and yet we live within a system where it's not ending soon you can also organize for change and like help make it so in your state if you're not one of the seven states including california that do not have a sub-minimum wage for tip workers where a tip is a tip organized to like help make your state add to that number. Or I think about, okay, a larger question I think about all the time as a lifestyle journalist is that I am write a lot of articles where I give people tips on like how to live their life better. At the same time, there's only so much an individual can do. And so I always have to have yeah. kind of like a yes and part, like you're an individual, this is not your fault that you like have to do these tips on like how to work better, how to like be a better person. At the same time, I always have to be like, there's a structural thing that like you're kind of working against too. 100%. It's kind of like not using plastic straws. I mean, we can do um, our cute things to, to stunt global warming, but what about the cruise ships and what about like all the corporations? You it, know? It, I completely agree. And I think that, you know, when we think about the structural inequalities that are happening that we have no control over versus how much we're going to tip and when we're going to tip, which we have complete control over. Mm -hmm. I also wonder if there's something in the middle, right? This idea that, yes, until things change, we have to just keep tipping well. But maybe things don't change if we we aren't doing the other work as well. If we aren't lobbying our politicians, Mm -hmm. if we aren't looking for other ways that we actually help change it structurally. Because what I've read is that a lot of restaurant owners are just saying, you know what? We tried it. It's too hard. 
Yeah. Yeah. We're not going to go back to inclusive tipping. Um, a lot of wait staff are saying, we tried it. We're not making as much money. So maybe it takes the consumer to actually step up and say, yeah, I'm going to call my politicians and I'm going to talk to them about doing fair wage. Mm-hmm. Um you know, legislation. And so maybe in the meantime, we keep tipping well. We keep tipping often when we can. Yeah. But at the same time, we're doing some of the bigger work that we can do too, which is a lot to ask. I know we're all busy. Yeah. And I know, you know, like you said, with the recycling, Raj, like we don't think about the bigger issues, but maybe it's time we have to start thinking about the bigger issues. Yeah. I think we should just split up and choose the things we super duper care about so we can make this really balanced. (laughs) We'll have a big Zoom. Everyone will Zoom in and we'll all decide which topic we're going to tackle. Exactly. And then we'll go hard. (laughs) Yeah. And I think, okay, one last thing with food in particular, like you are getting to enjoy it right in the moment. It's like an immediate thing that you can show gratitude for or like, Having a great latte, you can show immediate like gratitude to your barista, like, and show it like by drinking it and by tipping them a dollar, and that's like one way where, as an individual, you can show uh, your like service and gratitude in some way to like back to them. It's not fair. I think I keep reiterating it. Like I keep, I can see myself going back and forth. It's not fair that customers are having to do. The work that employers should have to do until that point comes like as a customer like that exists in society as a person that like pays for your coffee or goes out to like a nice restaurant meal like you kind of have to do your part to exist in this society otherwise like you can't eat out <laughs> otherwise stay home yeah my one last thought is uh i feel like guilt is a good motivator <laughs> there's that saying like people will forget what you said. People will forget what you did, uh, but they will never forget how you make them feel. And one addition to that I would add is people will never forget what you tipped. (laughs) (laughs) And if you're a politician or a celebrity, like you'll see like on Reddit, restaurant servers will remember what you tipped as a like public figure. And so reputation shaming, I think is a fine way to, (laughs) if that's a motivator, if that's the only motivator of why you want to tip, that's fine. Well, Monica, AKA Dr. Tips, thank you so much for being here and for schooling us. Thank you. Dr. Tips is always in. And now it's time for Better in Five. This is the part of the show when Raj and I wrap up everything we just learned and deliver it to you in a nice, neat little package. Here we go. Number one, the tipping system, don't get it twisted, is broken. Consumers should not be the ones having to provide a living wage for these folks. But unfortunately, this is how it is right now. So we have to participate. So just tip. Tip. You have to tip. Mm -hmm. Number two, even though you have to tip, you get to decide how and when you're going to do it. So be intentional. Think about it. And remember, there's a real live human being on the other end of that tip. And they probably really appreciate it. But beyond that, they actually really need it to live. It's a salary. Yeah. All right, number three, here's a little tough love. If you cannot afford to tip for something, whether it's a fancy dinner, your new tattoo, or the massage that you really want, then you should probably hold off on it until you can comfortably afford it. Seems fair to me. Mm -hmm. Number four, not sure if you can tip someone or if it's even appropriate to do it, just ask them. My guess is that they're probably going to let you know, especially if you can tip them. Communication. Number five, like Monica said, people might forget what you said, people might forget what you did, but they will never forget how you tipped. So make it big. 
Okay, Raj, talk to me. Have you been tipping wrong? I mean, definitely. But this conversation has really opened my eyes to how fucked up the entire tipping institution is. Mm -hmm. But we exist in it. We can't escape it right now. So I think the key is just being intentional, right? Yeah. Like you said, it's not going away. As much as we wish it would, we get to decide how we're going to be part of it, right? And maybe that's just little things like where we spend our money and how much we tip. Maybe it's also bigger things like, you know, calling up your politicians and telling them that you want them to pay attention to this issue, that this issue is important to you. That's a really good point, And I hope this does become a quote unquote issue. But until then, I'm just going to walk around in these streets with my rubber band roll of ones and make it rain on anyone that brings me coffee. <laughs> well, until next time, as long as there are things to get wrong, we're going to be. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com. Save big money when you start your next project today at Menards. Convert your current recessed lighting with energy-saving LED downlights from Fight Electric. They're bright and install easily in just minutes. They also go from regular lighting to nightlight mode with just a simple flip of a switch. Save big on all Fight lighting products now at Menards. Shop our lighting options today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details here to help you do them better. We'll miss you. Till next time. 